7. We'll go all the way through 7 into 8 this morning. I know I say this very often, but I really don't feel like I've got that much to say. There's a lot to read. <clears throat> but uh, I'm going to try my best to follow the leadership of the Lord. Um, I, I just, I guess I don't really know how to go about it. I don't really even have notes like I normally have. I just got the Bible. Uh, um, what's on my heart is trying but failing. And the very first thing we started out this morning, everybody's saying we need to do better. Uh, Larry started out we need to do better out here, and Butch was talking about in the prayer room that we need to be out in the streets telling them about Jesus and have a burden for the sinners. And uh, a lot of times us as Christians, and I believe that we can all say that we feel like we fall into this category that we're trying but we're failing. Anybody else ever feel that way? I feel that exact way, like I'm trying but I'm just failing. And uh, I hope this morning that maybe I can be an encouragement to help us along our way. Um, it ain't me. It's not my works. It's His. It ain't me that does the good works. It's not of my own ability. It's not of who I am or what I'm capable of or what I'm not capable of, but it's of what He's capable of to do through me and to use me for. And He can do the work without me, but I thank God that He chooses to use me to do it because that's where that delight comes from in doing the work of God that we've been talking about. It's uh, being used by God. Uh, I ain't going to jump into the message. We'll just read here. I really don't know how this is going to go, but we're going to do our best. Uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 1. <clears throat> know ye not, brethren. So listen, first off, he says, brethren. So he's talking to those that are saved. Those that have been born again, that know the Lord. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. If you've been born again, the law is written on your heart. You know the law of God. How that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Listen here. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. This is an analogy. He's not, he's not talking or teaching about uh, uh, marriage in here. He's using this as an analogy to talk about our relationship to the law versus our relationship to Jesus. Uh, verse number 3, So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth good fruit unto God. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for your many blessings. God, thanking you for another opportunity that we've got together in your house to read your word. God, to feel your presence in your spirit. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would help us to do exactly what you'd have us to do, say what you'd have us to say. God, I pray that we've come, Lord, not just looking to receive something, God, but looking to give something, looking to do something for you, God, to uplift your name, Lord, to worship you, God. That's the point. That's the reason that we're here. Father, I pray, God, that you'd help us to do and be what you'd have us to. Lord, I pray that this morning, God, that you'd encourage the saints, God, that you'd draw the sinner to you, God, draw the backslider back to you, the fold, God. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So here in the scripture he's comparing, he says, uh, verse number 2 again says, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband. And uh, we know that the law of Moses was, it was particularly to the Israelites. It was to the Israel people. But we call it the moral law is what it is. The Ten Commandments is the moral law. And before Jesus, mankind was bound to that law. The only life they had, which the law couldn't bring life, but the only hope they had was their hope in the law. And uh, while the law was alive, while the law was still prevalent, while the law was still the will of God, uh, they was bound to the law. uh, As it says here, as a woman is bound to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is freed from that law that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Um, I I say this often and I go along these lines often. And uh, the reason I do is because it lines up with me. It's who I am. It's what I try to do. And within myself, I try to obey the law. I do. I try my best. And if we're honest as Christians, as the church, that's what we try to do. We try to obey the law. But I'm not capable of obeying the law. That's why Jesus came. And in essence, what I believe that uh, Paul is trying to tell us here, he's writing to the Gentile people, he's writing to the Romans, and I believe what he's trying to say here is that if I'm trying to follow the law, if my focus is on the law instead of only on Jesus, then I'm in adultery. Uh, In essence, I'm in adultery, I'm an adulteress on God because when the Lord Jesus came, He fulfilled the law and we're no longer under the law. We're no longer married to the law. If you're a born again Christian then you are uh, married to Jesus. I'm married to the Savior. I'm not married to the law. I've not. There's no ability within myself to be able to follow, follow the law. There was no ability within the Israel, uh, the children of Israel for them to be able to follow the law so that they could have life and that's why Jesus came to die on the cross because there was no life in the law. There was no no atonement. There was no propitiation. They could not be reconciled to God through the law because of the sin nature that is on mankind. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Y'all laugh. <clears throat> so in essence, when we try to follow the law, which is what I do, and I get down and out and it goes right to my title, Trying But Failing. I oftentimes I feel like I'm just doing everything that I'm capable of doing, yet I've still got that mindset that I just need to do more. Or I'll be doing everything that I can, I feel like, to do right. Or I'll be doing all that I can to abstain from sin and to stay away from sin, but yet then I fall right into sin. Has anybody else ever been there? You say, I'm trying my best to be a Christian. I'm trying my best to live right. The preacher says you got to live right to die right. I preach it myself, but then I end up falling to the trap of the devil that he tempts me with, and I fall right slap into it. And I say, what a hypocrite I am. What a mess I am. But what the Bible's telling me is that I'm not sold under the law. I'm married to the Savior. And if I would look toward Him... 
If I would go toward Him other than trying to follow the law, then I could abstain from them sins. Them sins come our way because we're looking at the sins instead of looking at the cross. Instead of looking at who Jesus is and what Jesus done and the sacrifice that He made, the finished work of the cross is how I'm getting to heaven. It's not by the law. It's not by how good I am or what I can do to get there. It's by the cross. Verse number four. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. The only way I can bring forth fruit unto God is to look toward Him. He's my life. The way I become alive, the way I, uh, the way I abstain from sin, the goal is not to abstain from sin. The goal is to serve Jesus. And if you're serving Jesus, you'll abstain from sin. If I'm doing the will of God for my life, instead of focusing on trying not to sin, then I won't sin. If I'm out preaching, the call on my life is to preach the Word of God. And if my goal in life is to preach the Word of God, then I'm not going to be sinning because I'm looking toward Jesus. But if I'm sitting at the house watching TV, scrolling on Facebook on my phone saying, well, I can't sin, I can't sin, I just got to not sin, then I'm going to fall right directly into sin. Because it's not that I've got to obey the law. The fact is I've got to serve Jesus. I've got to go in the direction that Jesus would have me to go. We have become dead to the law by the body of Christ. And now I'm married, in essence, to the Lord Jesus Christ, being raised from the dead. And if you're married to him and you're following him and going in his way you will bring forth fruit for when we were in the flesh the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death but now we are delivered from the law being dead wherein we were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter We're not to serve in the old path, in that old way, serving the law. I don't know how the church has got so legalistic. That's that's what we are. We're legalistic and we preach on what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But that's not what we're supposed to be. We should preach on Jesus and Him crucified and resurrected and how that He's the newness of life. And when I got saved, I died with Him. And then I was born again and I rose with Him. And I'm in newness of life. And when I follow Jesus, I'm doing His will and I've got the life He's talking about and I don't have to live a life of trying but failing because I can't accomplish the law. I'm not telling you that you ain't got to live right because we do but within myself I'm not capable of doing that very thing. The thing that I've got to do is love Him and live for Him and serve Him every day. But now we are delivered from the law of our six again. That being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not oldness of the letter. I wrote this in my Bible. The the demands of the law were met by Christ at Calvary. Before Jesus came, they had to meet the demands of the law, but they couldn't do it. So if you feel like you're just a failure as a Christian, all of mankind before was too. 
Everybody that ever lived before uh, from Moses when the law came all the way to today, every one of us are. Every one of us are. And y'all may not get as down as I do, but a lot of times I get down. I say, man, I am trying my best to serve God and everything I, I do. I just fall and I go the wrong direction and I do the wrong thing. And I think, well, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? It's because I'm not just serving Him. I'm not just serving Him. I don't know how to wrap this around the way it is in my mind. But we can't abstain from sin. We can't follow the law. We can't look to the law. We have to look to the finished work on the cross. The only way that I will ever get to heaven is because of what Jesus done for me. The only way that anybody is ever going to get to heaven is because of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And when we look toward Him, then we will live in that newness of life. That life that we're longing to live but we feel like we can't. That life that we keep trying to live but we can't Keep failing out. If we'll just look towards serving Him, there's a call on every life that's under the sound of my voice today. You may not be called to be a preacher. You may not be called to be a teacher or a testifier or a, I don't know, but every one of us are called to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel the lost man to come into the house of God. Every one of us are a living testimony. We're all called to die daily. We're all called to pick up our cross every day and live for the Lord. Live like the Lord lived. Jesus was our example every day of his life. He, was, he had a purpose. We've lost our purpose. We've got to have purpose that our goal in life is to win a sinner to the Lord. Hey, you want to know where the joy of our salvation is? It's in winning somebody else to God. <clears throat> We've lost that. We've got to where we think that our joy comes from the world, the things of the world. Going on vacations, going on a cruise, Karen. I'm just messing with you. <clears throat> going to be these places, watching television. In my mind, I think, well, I'm just so wore out. I'm, I've just done so much. If I can just get a break and watch TV a while, if I can just go to bed early, then I'll get some joy. But when I do them things, I end up falling into that temptation because I'm not doing the will of God. I'm not going in the ways of God. When we begin to let sin into our eyes through the television, when we begin to let sin into our ears through the music that we listen to on the radio, we, uh, we, we uh, stray from the ways of God. The only reason that anybody would ever want to watch television that wasn't about Jesus or would want to listen to music that wasn't about Jesus would be to please our own flesh. And that's not what we're called to do. The reason we fall is because we let everything else into our life and we've lost focus on the one that we're supposed to be serving uh, the Bible calls Jesus our Lord far more times than it calls him our Savior and in order to serve God and in order to have the newness of life we've got to serve him as our Lord <clears throat> he is our Lord not only our Savior but he's our Lord <clears throat> What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taken occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of consupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. What it's saying is that the law isn't wrong. The law is still holy. 
The law is still the law of God. It still has effect. It's still what the God expects us to live by. But the law could not bring us life. The law could not bring us to life. For without the law, sin was dead. If it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know what sin was. The purpose of the law is to show us that we're sinners. The purpose of the law wasn't to save us. It wasn't to bring us to life. It wasn't to reconcile us to God. The purpose of the law was to show us how dirty and wretched and rotten that we really are to show us that we are sinners and that we can't fulfill the law of God. No human in history besides Jesus himself has been able to fulfill the law to, 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 to live up to the demands of the law and that is the purpose of the law. When I seen the law when the law was revealed to me I realized I was a sinner. If it wasn't for the law showing me I was a sinner I wouldn't know what sin was. We always talk about the age of accountability and I can't find that in my Bible anywhere but I believe that when the law when the law becomes prevalent when the law in a young person when they see the law of God and they realize that they've broke God's law that's when they realize they're a sinner and that's when they become accountable for their actions and if they don't get born again they will die and go to hell from that moment moving forward listen if the Lord has shown you this morning that you are a sinner that you have broken the law of God you've told a lie you've fornicated you've adulterated you've stole something, if you've broken that law and you've not trusted in the finished work of the cross, then you're lost and headed for a devil's hell and you must repent and believe on the name of Jesus and believe in what he done for you so that you can be born again and go to heaven verse 8 again but sin taken occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of consuperance, for without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Larry was testifying of it this morning, that he had a few days of pure torture. That's when the law became alive in your life. Before that point, before that you, your heart's convicted, before you know that you're a sinner, you're alive without the law. You feel like you're fine. You don't know the difference. But then when the law becomes apparent in your life and you see that you're a sinner without the blood of Christ, you die. You're a dead man walking. You might as well. You might, you, you're going to end up in hell if you don't repent and have the blood applied. And when we realize that we're lost, that's when we die. But if we'll come to Jesus, He'll bring us to newness of life. He'll quicken us. He'll make us a brand new man. He'll give us that life that we're seeking after. That joy that we're seeking after. Not only as sinners, but as children of God. Uh, uh, Every one of us as children of God, uh, somewhere down along the lines of life, we end up not following after, not seeking that will of God. And we end up seeking after the things of the world. And we end up in a place that we're trying but we're failing. And we can't figure out why. And what we've got to do is go back to that place where we first got life. Go back to that place where the Lord first brought us to newness of life and quickened us.
consumed us and that joy came up. That joy only came because you was following the commandment of God. That joy came because you knew that you was a sinner and you didn't want to be a sinner anymore and you bowed down and repented and you said, God, I'm going to go in your direction. Hey, the, the joy of, your, of His salvation is going in His direction. The only joy that you're ever going to have, the only happiness that's permanent, the only comfort, the only peace is going in His direction. We forgot that. We've just flat out forgot that. Somewhere along the line, we've decided that we can get joy from the world. But there is no joy in the world. And the world ain't, ain't drugs and alcohol. The world's TV. The world's just anything that's not godly. And we're all guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of this. I feel like a failure most of the time because I'm seeking my joy from other places. Not from the Lord. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be death. For sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin worketh death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. That was the intention of the law was to show me that I was a sinner. And when I, and when I trust in the law and I of my own ability try to follow the law, sin becomes exceeding sinful. That's a scary place to be in. That's a place that I don't want to be in. Trying but failing. For we know that the law is spiritual. This is Paul. This is the Apostle Paul that's writing this book. He's writing this letter to the Roman, to the, the, the church in Rome. And he says that we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is, I believe this is a confession. I believe this is uh, Paul saying, you see, Paul knew the law. Paul was a Jew. Paul followed the law, and that's why he was wanting to kill Christians was because he thought that they were serving a false god named Jesus. But then when the light came down on the road to Damascus, he realized that he was wrong. And what he was trying to do and the way he was trying to live and the life he was trying to live, he realized it was wrong. He realized that Jesus was the Messiah. He realized that the only way to heaven was trusting in the Lord. That the only way he could ever go was through the door, which is Jesus Christ. And he says, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is when he's already saved. This man is the man that wrote the majority of our New Testament. This man is the man that God used to form the majority of the early church. The, the reason that the church is spread throughout the Gentile world is because of Paul. Paul was called to be an apostle to the Gentiles. This was arguably the greatest apostle that ever lived. The greatest man of God that has ever uh, walked the face of the earth is Paul and here now he's confession but I am carnal sold under sin for that which I do I allow not for that I would do for that I would that do I not but what I hate that I do anybody ever feel like that 
Man, what I would do, I don't do it. What I don't want to do, I end up doing. What I'm trying to do, I can't do it. And then when I don't try to do it, I, I, something else does it. It's just everything is in a, in, a, in a whirlwind. Nothing goes right. I'm doing all that I can do. And I believe that Paul here was trying his best to serve the Lord. I don't believe he's talking about when he was lost. I believe he's talking about when he was saved. And he was trying his best to serve the Lord. But he hadn't grown enough to understand understand that he wasn't capable the life that he had lived before he was trying to follow the law now that he's got this newness of life he knew it was by Jesus but he also thought he could follow the law he also thought that he could follow the commandments and that he could live a life that would be pleasing to God within himself but he found that he was carnal he found that he was sold under sin and that the more he tried to do right the more he failed The more he tried to walk for the Lord, the more he failed. And something clicked on the inside. Something clicked on the inside. Verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Listen, I wrote this in my Bible too. What Paul is saying here, a lost man could never think. That gives me assurance that I'm saved. What Paul is saying is that I'm trying to do what's right for the Lord and the desire of my heart is to serve God, but yet I still fail. And when them thoughts come through my mind, the first thing I think is, am I even saved? Do I even have Jesus? Does Jesus even live within me? But a lost man would never think these thoughts. A lost man would not care if they was doing right. A lost man wouldn't care if they was serving the Lord in the way that they should. That's the thoughts of a saved man. Let that be some reassurance when you're trying but you're failing that the reason them thoughts is in your head is because you've been born again. That gives me assurance of my faith. Gives me assurance of my salvation. Verse 17. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. The law brings sin alive. And when you try to live under the law, sin becomes alive in your life. He's not making an excuse for his sin. He's saying that by trying to do right by the law, sin comes alive in me. He said, but the sin that dwelleth in me. He's not saying that the things that he was doing that was wrong was okay because they're not. We will give an account for everything that we do. From the time I got born again, everything I've done, I'm going to give an account for it. I've got to go back time and time again and bow down before God and ask Him to forgive me for them things. But Paul here, the greatest man of God that's arguably ever lived, went through the very same things that we go through. He's going through the same trial, the same thing in his mind thinking that I'm trying to live for God but I cannot do it and he said he realized that it was because he was trying to serve the law and the law was revived in him and sin become alive but when you die to the law and you raise up in Jesus and you point your life toward him who he is and what he's done then that's where the life comes from for I know that in me that is in my flesh Dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. He said, I've got the will to do it. I want to do what's right. My will is that I want to do God's will. But the ability to do it is not in me. It's not in me. For the good that I would do not, for the good that I would, I do not. 
but the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. I believe Butch done read that this morning out of Psalms. That's a quote from Psalms. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That man that's on the inside is the Holy Ghost. I delight in the law. I enjoy the law. I, I, I rejoice in the law of God after the inward man. Not by me, not by who I am, not by my ability to follow the law because when I try to follow the law, there is no rejoicing. When I try to follow the law, there's devastation. There's sadness. There's heartbreak. There's failure. When I try to follow the law, there is failure. But I rejoice and I delight in the law of God after the inward man because it's through and by Him that I'm made alive. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members Right here's the turning point. Verse 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You know, that's the place that we've got to get. That's the place that I believe that the Lord wants us so that He can use us. I've got to realize, oh, what wretched man that I am. I've never seen a time in our church history, I'm, I'm 33, so I've seen 33 years of it, but I've never seen a time in church history when men of God and when just church members, lay members are so proud. They're so proud of their accomplishments. They're so proud of what they've been able to do. And they'll stand up and tell you about how good they've done and how many they led to the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe we should rejoice when people get saved, but it's not of them. It's not of them. I can't take pride in that. It's of that inward man. And you'll never win anybody to the Lord until you've got this thought process of, Oh, what wretched man that I am. Oh, how dirty that I am. In order for me to get saved I had to realize what wretched man that I am and in order for me not to be trying and failing I've got to get back to that same place of a wretched man that I am I am no good I am not capable I am not able and when he got to this place I believe that he's seen that I just go on for the glory of God I just go on and serve God I don't just try to abstain from sin I say this probably every week I don't try to abstain from sin I go and serve Jesus I go and serve the Lord the reason we feel like we're failing is because we're trying to do it on our own without him I know that's hard to wrap around our minds but I can't do it on my own this confused me for a long time how can I not sin and how can I just trust in him I I don't know how to make myself inside me do that but it's not something I'm doing on the inside it's something I'm doing on the outside I'm going and I'm serving Him. If I'm reading my Bible, I'm probably not sinning. 
If I'm praying to God, I'm probably not sinning. If I'm going to church, I'm probably not sinning. If I'm out in the street telling somebody about Jesus, I'm probably not sinning. When I fall into sin is when I sit back on my seat and do nothing. It's when I decide that I would rather do the things of the world than I would to come to church. When I decide that I would rather watch TV on Saturday night than I would to read my Bible, that's when I end up sinning. When I decide that it's better for me to spend my weekends in a, uh, uh, on vacation in a campground somewhere than it is to be in the house of God that's when I fall into that temptation God has called us to come to church and to be faithful to church and we fall and we fail because we don't do what we know we're supposed to do there's a life that is required of us as children of God and the reason we fail is because we're not giving Him our all we give Him part of it we get Him a little bit of it but we don't give Him all of it you're either all in or you're all out it's either giving it to God or serving your flesh and when you serve your flesh you can abstain from sin which is what the law calls for you to do but when I serve the Lord when I give everything I've got every day of my life to Jesus then I don't sin you know a lot of people think and I thought this for years I thought that Papa just got up here and the word just came out and it was like a magic trick the, the anointing from on high just fell and woo he just came out everywhere and he didn't have to do nothing all week to get it but I've learned that's not true that's not true at all there's something required hours on hours on hours of labor in order to have that anointing and for us to have that anointing not just to preach the word but in our lives to show the world that Jesus is who he said he is in order to have that anointing so that our lost family and friends might get born again we've got to put in hours on hours on hours of labor for the Lord we're trying and failing because we're trying to follow the law we're trying to abstain from sin but I cannot do that it's not possible if Paul couldn't do it neither can I oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from, this body, from the body of this death? <clears throat> I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I serve the law of God. But with the flesh I serve the law of spirit. Uh, the law of sin. It's the mind and spirit. The spiritual mind versus the carnal mind. Every day of our life we should be spiritually minded. Butch testified in the class, in the class, in the prayer room this morning that one day this week he fought the devil harder than he'd ever fought him or than he had in years. And when we get in that place, and I ain't calling out Butch or saying he's done something wrong. I ain't saying that at all. But what I'm saying is it's that carnal mind fighting against the spiritual mind. When I wake up, and I, I'm not good at this, I'm, I'm just not. If I wake up and I read my Bible, that carnal mind has to flee. If I wake up and the first thing I do is kneel down beside my bed and say, God, I want to be spiritually minded today. I want to serve you today. I want to do what's right all day long today. If I start my day like that, that pushes that carnality out, that carnal mind, that trying to obey the law. Obeying the law is carnal. But when I go toward the Lord, when I turn toward God every day, every minute, everything, not abstaining from sin but serving Him, doing my job that He's called me to do, that carnal mind and that law and that failure seems to flee. <clears throat> Verse number, or chapter 8. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are 
In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That walk is just to follow, to go after, to go in that direction, in the direction of Jesus. When I look at Jesus' life, not a single time did He take a break. Not a single time did He go to a concert. I ain't, I ain't talking about these things. I ain't preaching on these things. I'm talking about carnality versus spirituality. I'm talking about being spiritually minded. I don't listen to country music on the radio because it infests my mind. I want my mind to be on Jesus at all times. Because when my mind ain't on Jesus, I fall. When my mind goes in another direction, I fall. And we've got to go toward Jesus. We've got to walk after Him. Walk, after, walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's the call that's on us. is to every day, every minute of every day. If you're not walking after Jesus, you're walking after the flesh. Walk that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So I am freed from the law of sin and death. Anybody ever feel like they're bound? Often, more time, nine times out of ten, I feel like I'm bound. I feel like I'm bound. But it's because I'm trying to obey the law. If I was following Jesus and following after Him and His Spirit, I shouldn't be bound. He said that he, we was uh, free from the law of sin and death. Because He come and He took on sin and He done what we couldn't do. And He fulfilled the law and paid the debt that we owed but could not pay. He done it for us. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled within us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. How many has done made up their mind where we're going to eat today? Since we've been in here. We made plans yesterday. but Since we've been in here, how many has done made up their mind where they're going to eat? How many has thought about what you got to do tomorrow at work? This is the house of God. This is the house of God. We're supposed to be spiritually minded in the Spirit. And if we don't keep our minds in the Spirit in the church, I know we can't do it out there. But we got to be in the Spirit that mind the things of the Spirit, not mind the things of the flesh. For they, are, for they that are after the flesh do mind. That's your mind. That's put on your mind. Go after it. The things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That ain't talking about physical death, that's talking about spiritual death. To be carnally minded is spiritual death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In order to find that peace and that joy that every human being seeks after, we have to be spiritually minded all the time. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin." But the spirit of life because of righteousness. 
But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. The life that I've got in me, the spiritual life that I've got in me comes from the Lord. It don't come from following the law. It don't come from trying to do right. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the blood that was shed for me. Therefore, brethren... We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Why is America in the shape it's in? Why is the gaze prevalent? Why is all this sin that we used to be ashamed of just proudly paraded on the streets in America now? Because they're minded, we've minded, the church has minded the things of the flesh. He said, for if you... Live after the flesh, ye shall die. That totally does away with unconditional eternal security. If ye mind the things of the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of your body, ye shall live. That means to mortify and to kill your deeds and bring alive His. Not just kill the sin but to bring alive His works, His duty, His job, what He's called you to do. There is something for every one of us to do 24-7, 365. There's something for us to do for the Lord. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. How many of us are led by the Spirit of God? I mean, truly, how many of us every day of the week is led by the Spirit of God? Who wakes up on their day off and says, Lord, what would you have me to do today? Would you have me to go to the jail? Would you have me to go to the prison? Would you have me to go to the nursing home? Would you have me to go to the church? Would you have me to go to the street? What do you want me to do? Or do we wake up and say, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I've got to go do this. I just ain't got no choice. I've got to do this. That's led by my flesh instead of led by the Spirit. There's a call on our life. If we're trying but failing, it's because we're trying to do it on our own. We have to follow His will and go in the direction of Jesus. Amen. Come on, Tommy. I'm done. Let's all stand. Altar's open if you need to pray this morning. Come on. I know it was just a simple message, but it was what God had on our heart. I believe it lined up with everything today. And I believe we all fall into this category. I know we do. If Paul did, we've all done this. And I believe that we should grow from this. I believe that Paul was talking about an instance in his past after he had been a Christian that he had grew from to become more than he was before. Every day of our life, our spiritual life, we should grow to be more than we was before. That's the purpose of this life. If it wasn't the day that we got born again, the day we got saved, Jesus would just take us on home. But he don't do that. He leaves us here. He leaves us here to grow us and to sanctify us. But we got to mortify the deeds of our body and follow Him. Amen. If you need to pray, come pray.